Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we talk about horror in media. And today we're talking about Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> How's it going, John? I'm, <laughs> it's going well. How are you doing, Eddie? I'm awesome. I'm just stuffed up with Bronson around. Oh, that's right. Oh, fuck. Did you I bring your Benadryl? Forgetting. Yeah, I'm, I'm Benadryled up. So. All right, nice. So our studio has a, a resident cat. Yeah. My personal cat. I should say my roommate. I live with Bronson. I don't really know. He pays. He pays the bills when he can. <laughs> he takes care of the house while I'm gone, so it works out. He's not a. He's kind of a loaf, to be honest. Yeah, as is. cats are. He's a. He's a little bit of a freeloader, but it's okay because he keeps me company. So, um, Tales of the Crypt. Right. Why did you pick this one, John? I chose Tales of the Crypt because I used to watch it, like when it was premiering, uh, when HBO was like first a thing. So they kind of like, I feel like they got their start with shows similar to this, as well as like things like The Wire and other things that were really popular. And they had the unique position of not being like under certain um, restrictions for their content. So Tales from the Crypt had a lot of violence, had a lot of cussing, and it had a lot of nudity and sex. So you had pretty much everything. Yeah, all the blood and gore, you had it all in one place. And so... um, it's definitely made for adults, but I was totally not watching it as an adult <laughs> just because I had access to HBO. Minors watching nudity. Right. Yeah. It's when you discover like you, you remember when you'd go onto those channels and you discover that the password is just all zeros. That's <laughs> what the, happened. Yeah, oh God. That's what happened. I was like, whoa, shit. I can get into HBO fucking uh, Cinemax or all the other. There you go. I think, I think for mine, it was just lift the handle and you found. Oh, just straight. Porno? Yeah, probably. <laughs> was it like I, magazines and stuff or like video? Like videos. Oh, and shit. Whatnot. <laughs> like VHS? I don't want to go more into this story. We, we're already We're already we're deep going... in this shit. Oh, fuck. Was it like VHS? It was. They were VHSs, yes. Yeah. I'm not going to say which parents That's it was, fine. Because it's not fair to them. Name dropping. So anyway, but yeah. It was VHS. Now I don't stuff. know. I, I was thinking about it. I'm like, who could it possibly be? Could have been either of them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're it could both, be either they're, one. They're not celibate people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your literal proof. They birthed me. <laughs> <laughs> my folks are very celibate, except when they had my brother and I. But and then after that, just they don't do it anymore. Never. Well, Never until I heard some weird haunting noises in the house one night. Oh no! The secret reason why you move, want to move out? <laughs> Possibly. I was just like. It's like poltergeist. It's just like, what the fuck is that? No, not that. Not that. that sounds like a, like a zombie. Kind of. Yeah, um, I know. They're haunting different. noises. You know what I enjoyed the most about the intros, though? Cause I, so I focused on the TV show. And so the TV show, each uh, episode has an intro and an outro that has the Crypt Keeper. And the Crypt Keeper is this maniacal, like, dead skeleton who's, I don't know, he's probably like a demon. Or something like that. He's a zombie. Yeah, he's like a zombie. So he's like well aware of his like dead state and constantly tries to off himself. So like there's a <laughs> few intros where he like he like hangs himself. He like shoots himself in the face. Oh my god. He gosh, like ties yes. himself up and like has a firing squad. Shoot I should at have him. watched this instead of what I watched. Yeah. This is what I should have watched. It's I watched the compilation, so it was like an hour of oh just all of the intros That's and all amazing. the outros. And he's it's hilarious. Like he'll be there and tell you these really bad like dad joke puns. <laughs> As like his intro, like the like the very first episode, 
he talks about how like oh well that was shocking because it has to do with the electric chair oh my and God. then like puts himself in an electric chair and just sets like a bunch of bolts through him while he's like maniacally laughing this sounds like an amazing experience so it was funny to watch that and the crypt keeper became like its own thing his own thing that you would see before and like as it he was went the host on, of the show pretty much yeah he was yeah exactly he was like your host and he would introduce the episode and then you would get uh like a final thoughts from him and then uh they also had special guests at some point like whoopi Ar- Gold- Whoopi <laughs> showed up Holy Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think. Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then Tom Hanks. Tom they, do, what do they do? They just hang out with the crypt. Yeah, that like so the that's, one with Whoopi the girl, fuck? the one with Whoopi. She shows up, and he was like, "Oh, I liked your new movie where you won like the Academy Award." And she was like, "Oh, thanks, but it's like we're gonna the color purple." <laughs> yeah, he no, he said, "Oh, he said the um he he like made an alternate title for it instead of saying the color purple." He said, like, something uh, – I'll have to look it up and see what it is. But anyway, she, like, basically threatened him by the end of it, like, with a machete. <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> and she's just like – Yeah, and he's just, like, freaking out. And then he ends almost all of the intros with his, like, maniacal laughter. It's all – that's so it's cool. really high-pitched laugh. You know, the voice actor had to apparently take drops of honey and, and uh, lemon – just to soothe his voice after that, I guess. I bet, because he had, like, it's Doing a very hours specific of recording. voice that he had to do. And then he also appeared in some of the TV episodes. The guy who does the voice for the Crypt Keeper, he randomly was, like, in the episode. So you would wow. be able to see it. They even make a joke to it. Like, they, like, break the fourth wall. And they're like, hey, look at this guy. He looks super familiar. And it's because it's the, the guy who voices the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, like, freeze frame on him. So it was enjoyable to go through those. As far uh, I- as, yeah. After after hearing all of this, I feel like we just there's because there's so much content. There was there so much. There was so much tales from the crypt stuff. There are comics. There are movies. There are is there TV shows. There's an animated TV series. There's yeah. like the, the game 70s show. movies, and then there's the modern movies. There's also a game show. There's apparently. a game show. There's a game show. There's a game show. Apparently, I, I know. I was just like Wikipedia and like tales from a crypt. And oh, gotcha. A, so I was telling all the associates. So that's one of the extra things. So, yeah. So I feel that us and the listeners are. You know, well, mostly just us, really, are going to have to go through and watch all of these. The TV series <laughs> the alone TV series has alone, 93 I wanna, episodes. We should do a favorite episodes of that and just talk about them next time that we explore it. But I think getting a broad stroke of all of them would be good, though. Yeah, today, for sure. Yeah, we'll go through just a few of the ones that we watch, but we're definitely going to revisit it in a future episode just because uh, I still have to, I'm going to binge watch it. I'm going to watch like every. Tales from the Crypt episode. Let me know when you got that available. Right, wink, yeah. Wink. <laughs> yeah, special You know what I mean, Eddie? Special you know edition I mean? DVDs. Why are you giving me that look like that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Some eyebrows were raised. Do you no. want to get a room together or something? No. It's just like, but I'm winking at you. I don't know what you're offering, what you're dropping down. I'm not dropping anything. Uh, <laughs> this is a giant tangent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I watched... The first three episodes. Well, actually, no. I watched the first two and then some random one later on just because I was like, Christmas episode? Let's watch that one. All right. <laughs> so the first one I watched, I had to watch the first episode just so I can see, like, what was the intro to this show? And the first episode is a executioner who's the guy who pulls the switch on the electric chair. And he is very, like, righteous about his job and is just like, I love doing this. These guys deserve it. Like, there's no problem with killing these people. And then the state gets rid of 
capital punishment gets rid of the electric chair and so he's like fuck it i want to start looking for these people and killing them myself so he sits in on like court cases and then the ones that they don't find guilty and he thinks that they're guilty he goes and finds them and kills them until the police catch him put him in the electric chair and then he dies that way and that's how like the whole thing ends okay uh, he like goes full circle and comes back and dies in the electric chair so i watched that one and then i watched the christmas special one which is basically just a guy escaped from the loony bin and dressed up as Santa and went to go kill people. <laughs> so like the plot of Black Christmas. Um, nice. So yeah, it's like a super garbage short version. day. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> um, that one was especially funny to me because uh, the main woman she like murders her husband in the beginning of the episode to like run away with her lover. But then as she's trying to dispose of the body, the guy runs up on her in the Santa suit. And so she has to try to protect her and her daughter from getting killed by this guy who's just like crawling up the side of the house at one point, <laughs> like to get into the window. I just imagine right. just like climbing up the street. Yeah. Oh my God. So enjoyable. They seem very campy now that I watched them, probably because they were released like in the 80s. Uh, like the first one was 85, I think, is when the first one premiered. And then it kept going through to like mid 90s. And then that they stopped making it. They That's were a- they were talking about doing a reboot, but uh, they uh, M Night Shyamalan wanted to do a reboot, but no one would purchase it from him, or no one would support him. They were like, "No, we're not fucking doing that." I think it was also a licensing thing too. That's yes, why. from HBO. Um, I remember watching watching like part of that show like a long time ago, like maybe in the mid '90s, like probably around the time it ended, and then it was maybe given access more widely. I remember seeing yeah. episodes of it. And whatnot. And I've actually, one of the films that I viewed from it, I've actually already seen when I was a lot younger and watched because it was called Demon Knight. And that sounded cool. What's that one about? Demon Knight? Yeah. It's about, it's like a prophecy sort of, prophecy, like a repeating prophecy sort of curse sort of thing. So you've got this, this man who carries this flask filled with, I believe it's the blood of Christ that's been passed down. And then everyone who gets this flask gets like their blood enchanted with it as long with the blood that's in the <clears throat> flask. And there is a demon that's constantly chasing them. Uh, I can play by Billy the... Zane, Billy Zane. Yes. There you go. It's <laughs> the, the actor fuck? Billy Zane chasing him down in like, like a cowboy trench coat suit. I love that like... part where he gets super pissed. And he's like, fuck this cowboy <laughs> shit. <laughs> you hold dunk, hold dunk motherfuckers. Yeah. He oh basically like, he chases this guy down to this little, like this little, like, like uh, I don't, I don't want to. I'll say it's like a, like a, um, like an inn sort of deal, uh, an inn or like a ho- motel sort of deal. It's like very small though, maybe like only like six rooms in the whole house sort of thing. And so he shows up there. All the people are there, and like, who the hell is this guy? And then you know he starts blessing all of like the window sills and the doorways and everything. <laughs> okay. And then here comes Billy Zane blasting through with the cops and has the cops accost them all and starts searching them for the item that this other supposed police officer billy zane is chasing them down fun thing is that um the that uh prophecy who is it I'm trying to remember william sadler is both in the executioner story and in demon knight together oh okay i did not know that yeah they definitely reused a lot of people Oh, I would imagine. For, like, across the board, like, for the movies, for the TV show. They had, like, a specific crew that they were working with. Um, And it doesn't surprise me because HBO usually does that. 
where just they, in-house yeah they keep most of the stuff in-house and get um i think with the exception of like a few like special guests that they would bring on to it um, especially for the intros for the tv show they definitely brought in celebrities who were very popular during that time to like bring attention to it um and it was definitely for adults like even though he referred to everybody as kiddos Mm-hmm. Kitties. like kitties and like things like that it was for, like full-on adults he like has like a woman laid out in front of him at one point he's like she's like passed the fuck out and like he's like over her dressed up as dracula <laughs> it's really weird yeah it starts getting more like more the guy with thi- no teeth yeah they added more sexual innuendos as the seasons got newer oh, so yeah, like the really like the most recent seasons like the seventh season he was making like sex jokes off the wall <laughs> like all the like every single one probably yeah. had one i mean I mean, oh god! I mean, there was a ton of like a ton of that too, because they had the intro in Demon Knight. Yeah. Demon Knight had the intro. My experience watching the other one, which was uh, Ritual, I was just like, I'll pick Ritual over Bordello of Blood, because Bordello of Blood just sounded like a lot of a sexy lot of, vampire movie. Yeah, a sexy vampire movie. I, I guess <laughs> I wasn't quite sure. And then I so I but I picked I picked Ritual because it sounded cool. I was like, hey, Ritual, yeah, let's go see what goes on. <laughs> and then it's like all Jamaican themed. What the? It fuck? takes place in Jamaica. That's oh, the okay. setting for it. And then the first, so I watched it on YouTube first, in like a, a version that has like a little theater cutout on it and whatnot. And I I fell asleep because I couldn't quite focus because the theater part like fucked me up. Okay. So I rewatched it again and it with a different different streaming service entirely, and I got more into it. And the but the thing is that one didn't have the intro, didn't have Crypt Keepers, the Crypt Keepers intro to it because hmm. he does before and then he has like a Jamaican accent. Oh, and he's like gotcha. smoking a joint and stuff, and like there's a bunch of like naked girls around in the pool and stuff with him, <laughs> and that's like that's that that's Ritual's intro, and then the one for Demon Knight, he's, oh my god, it's he's like directing another he's like directing another horror movie, and like but the first shot you see is like a naked woman in a bath, and I'm just like okay, yep, I'm like I'm this is the world that I'm in this now. This is HBO. <laughs> yep, this is HBO, and then and then ever since then, nope, and then it was yep, this is HBO. So yeah, each yep. <laughs> so ever since that but yeah no the movies were pretty much like i imagine like longer versions of what i think the show is yeah the the show was like a short story like horror short story yeah exactly so they must have brought on like a like a set of writers to just be like all right we need full season of episodes go with some short stories yeah and then exactly. like they were very low budget they were talking um, about yeah. doing a trilogy of it and they would each have but they weren't going to be like anthology movies right um, they, well, I think, I think what happened is when they first started, it was very low budget because they weren't sure if the show would be successful, but people love crude humor, violence, and nudity all together. Yep. So it was a very huge success. And then as it went on, they got more money and the Crypt Keeper got more animated because they had like certain puppets and like visual effects on his face. I definitely, oh, that, oh yeah. So you can probably see the improvement of the show yes. as it goes on. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. As you can actually like, see them just like slowly. A lot of cartoons are like that. I've noticed <laughs> yeah. too. Watching like the first season of SpongeBob Spon- and then watching like the later ones, it like, gets more color. It looks a lot better. Same with a lot of like older cartoons, but other cartoons aside, Eddie, talk about those comics. What were they like? What's that? Right. Deal? They were like source material, right? Yeah. Should I go through the history of? Absolutely, yeah, Eddie. Okay. Lay it down for us. So, EC starts off with uh, Maxwell Gaines, and it's in the almost over, when World War II is over, mm-hmm. and it, it's called Educational Comics. So the 
they weren't about like horror and sci-fi just yet. That's when like Maxwell's son, William takes over who creates tales from the crypt and the EC comics were originally like Bible stories, like just like learning stuff pretty much. And when Maxwell passed away, Will took over. He started making like tales from the crypt. He did like sci-fi horror, war, crime, like different various stories. And, uh, they were like bi-monthly and they were anthologies pretty much. And so they originally like in the comics, there was like three of them, three like hosts who there was like the crypt keeper. There was the gatekeeper and the witch. And each of them have their own like origin stories in the, in separate comics. But as these uh, comic books got more and more like gorier and stuff, like there was one where a woman's severed head is like held next to a bloody axe and her like mangled bodies just lying on the floor that sort of like got the, some people's attention from like child psychologist Frederick Wortham, who believed that comics were trash and bad taste. And we're corrupting the youth uh, in the 1950s in the Atomic Family America. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so this was like, so this was like an early rendition of sort of like the uh, like Satanic Panic and stuff yes. like that. Like, like these comics are going to corrupt the like early like violent video games almost, sort of yeah. like the media is corrupting the youth. But kind of his stuff. findings were interesting. Like he he was just like he his findings were not really conclusive. Pretty much, he was like. He was, I'm trying to find the expression for it, but Frederick Wharton pretty much like felt like they were, like reading was essentially bad, apparently. <laughs> Is my psychologist, like didn't all he do was read and then it's like, well, then the whole deal. But <laughs> comic books were just like apparently bad for America's youth who were like rebelling and doing criminal activities and stuff, which wasn't really linked together entirely. So, didn't the critics succeed in like passing some laws? Yeah, they created in... the Comics Code Authority, yep. which is the censorship of where you're not allowed to mention horror or terror or have werewolves, zombies, undead, witches. <laughs> like, this they... is why people were so troubled when Dungeons and Dragons came out. And Damn. they were like, no, like it's satanic. <laughs> and like, we're worried about it, like corrupting their children. This yeah. is even earlier. This, this is, is the origins that. of this that. Is the er- yeah, this is amazing. I love this. <laughs> so what happened then? Did he continue with the comic or did he cancel it? Well, the comic was pretty much canceled. Yeah. Like by the mid fifties. Uh, and then William Games went on to create and publish Mad Magazine, which is still going Fuck. on. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. So, but uh, horror, horror was kind of like stagnant. There was no like really horror comics for a while until like the late 60s, early 70s when Marvel and DC were kind of reviving it slowly with like House of Secrets where they were introducing characters like the Swamp Thing. And there was also the publication of Creepy and Eerie, which were like pseudo tales from the crypt in a way. And there was also, I think, Vampirella came around the early 70s as well. So, horror was, like, having a revival. It was just, like, I think after over a decade or so of just no horror, but just 
romantic romance stories, western stories, sci-fi, or just safe, sanitary stories, pretty much. What I liked about the comics that I was taking a look at before was the inspiration that he drew for the comics actually came from people like Edgar Allan Poe and H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, Ray like, Bradbury even did some sh- yep. stories where he said they were plagiarizing his work until they like gave him a story to do. <laughs> Dang, that's one way to handle that. <laughs> oh, we're plagiarizing you? Do you want to write a story? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I wonder if, because, I mean, the, the the movies I watched, I watched I watched Ritual and Demon Knight. I already went over the plot of Demon Knight, but Ritual was like a weird, like like a Jamaican voodoo sort of story. Like, but I think it was a, it's a different. They have a different. I guess in the, according to the movie, they have a different name for it. I did not actually look up the historical accuracy of that because I literally watched it today. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> so, but because of that, I um, it was pretty interesting though. That was an interesting one, but it was pretty poorly acted. And I feel like it's like I didn't feel like I got the full like like tales from the crypt experience watching the movies. You know what I mean? I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't really get the full experience, but I noticed like similarities in the movies. Like they always like to have a dude melting. If there is a, <laughs> like a full body has to turn to mush in both of these movies. Nice. And um, I would imagine that Bodello blood just have a giant blood body that melts. <laughs> right. I would not be surprised. It probably does. We should check does it. Does it, Eddie? Does it have a giant blood body that melts at some point? I think a lot of bodies explode. Oh, that that's close enough. All right, gotcha. It's kind of like, like big Indiana Jones style, like <laughs> melting, like when they open the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, and they're like, Ugh. and he like melts like a wax candle. Yeah, exactly. And then there's some of them are just like you know like crazy, like it melts off the outer side, and then it's just the skull flapping around a little bit, <laughs> and then it great. sort of disintegrates after that. It was just totally fucking awesome to watch. But I mean, I felt it. Like, but the movies are kind of are kind of eh. I feel like I feel like they miss some of the slapstickiness and some of the fun. Oh, really? That I feel like the show is bringing. I feel like maybe the comics also brought too. But the they comics, have a dark humor to them. For yeah, sure. exactly. But I was sitting in the comic shop with you, Eddie, like looking at the comics, and it was really surprised. Like the the uh, outer, like the look of the Crypt Keeper has changed yeah. since then. Like he used to just be like an old man sort of, yeah, like thing. a witch. Well, he wasn't kind of dead. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I guess I guess it's kind of interesting that they decide to make him dead as if like that old show is dead now, but here's it like from the grave. They might have done of. something like and that. And I feel yeah. but I feel like that's kind of what they're saying a little bit when that by, by changing his outlook entirely and getting rid of the other two characters, it's kind of like we killed these old storylines, but we'll keep the crypt kicker because it's tales from the crypt. Well exactly. When I was reading through it, um I found a little section that was talking about the comics, how originally they had the crypt keeper the vault keeper, the vault of horror and the old witch who was the old witch of the haunt of fear. So they mm. had three main like hosts and mm. they liked the crypt keeper the most. So they modified him and then brought him into the TV show. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I like it a lot though. He's it's like, hilarious. Homage. Yeah. 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 He's super funny. I need to watch the show and after, after his laugh show. makes me really like watching it. You get kind of like giddy watching it. Cause he has like a really high pitched, maniacal laugh that he does at the end of everything and sometimes he starts to cough like in the middle of his laugh (laughs) he'll be like laughing he's like ah (laughs) and like keeps going (laughs) so it's just like ridiculous and then he's always in some weird scenario like if he's not trying to off himself he's like trying to like cut someone in half with a chainsaw and he's like telling him to like relax and like stay put and the guy's like squirming because he's all tied up (laughs) he's like no no (laughs) like trying to get off the table so yeah there's and they're like themed so like one of them he was dressed up uh as santa 
like wow. on the Christmas episode, he's dressed as Santa and like pulls off this like weird rubbery mask off of his like already fake face so like it's just funny yeah i'm convinced where is yeah. this movie uh, this is the movie i wanted to watch All the it, show i just go to, to youtube watch. and look up tales of the crypt i gotta do it. intro compilation oh yes it's literally an hour long because there's 93 episodes so you get like 10 to 15 seconds of his intro. Oh, yeah. And it's just back to back and you get to watch all of them. <laughs> and they get more ridiculous as the show went on. He has like moments where he's dressed in like modern clothing. So he's like in a basketball outfit at one point. <laughs> he plays like a mob boss at one point. He like does a quote from Godfather. <laughs> he has like the full outfit and like has like the noir voice. And so, yeah, they really were messing around with the intros for those. So I think the writers were having fun with it. And it's part of the humor that they were inserting into it because you watch the stories and they're pretty dark like they were definitely dealing with real shit and the the practical effects that they use for the violence and the horror is actually really good i do i do have to commend the two movies i watched for their practical effects i do like all their practical effects in both of them i just felt like they were just not as they were just not as fun I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, right. Demon Knight was pretty fun. It was probably the better of, it was definitely the better movie of the two. That's a highly praised one for sure. Yeah, exactly. And then it was, and but I did not, I did not really like Ritual as much. Like in the end, it felt really weird and rushed in the end. Like it was a good buildup though. It got me really intrigued at first. That's why it's a direct-to-video movie. and Yeah, exactly. You get really intrigued and then it just kind of like starts to fall over and over again after that. And I was kind of like, nah. Would you guys want a reboot with M. Night Shyamalan? Do you no. think he would just kill it? No. Will there be a twist oh. at every? At right. A, I was like, no. how is he going to handle that? I didn't. I didn't think he was the right person. So thank God that the companies were like, no, I you're feel, not doing it. <laughs> yeah, they. I feel like Tales from the Crypt should have a revival, and we're having a lot of like anthology shows. Come. It would be extremely successful if it got re-released right now, especially with all of his crude humor. Like to make commentary about what's going on right now, or to have like guests on. Oh man, yeah, no, doing like a modern day Crypt Keeper might actually be super fun. Yeah, might actually be a lot of fun. But it needs to go to the right hands. Yeah, it needs to go. Who owns it currently? Uh, well, HBO has been like hanging on to the rights for a long time. All right, so All I don't right. think so they're. they're... If, it, if anyone does it, it'll be them. Yeah, exactly. So HBO will find someone to do it. Gotcha. Yeah, but they've been doing pretty well. They've they're like. They're like writing off the success of Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, no, definitely. So they're I mean, like, I mean, they got another money. World, a year of Westworld season three, yep. as well as Chernobyl and Watchmen. Watchmen. Oh, I'm that looks guys, interesting. Have you guys heard about like the background on that one? They're using like the comics as source material yeah. instead of like just ripping off the movie and doing like a or just redoing the show yeah. movie again. It's, it's I'm so excited awesome. for it though. I want to see the Cult of Rorschach so bad. <laughs> Me like too. I'm so into it. So into it. Jeremy Irons plays Ozzy Medeus. <laughs> Who's well, who? Jeremy Irons is what other movies was he in? He's done. Let's see. Uh, he's Scar. In, oh, and Lion King. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. He's wow. done. Uh, what was that one movie that that he did with Cronenberg where he plays his twin? He plays like a twin. He plays twins in this one movie. I'm trying to. Remember. It's, it's dead something. It will come to me later. Right, just blurt it out when you think of it. Yeah. <laughs> then he was like Alfred in the Batman Superman movie and Justice oh, League. Okay. Gotcha. Holy shit! Gotcha. All right, all right, yeah. all right. Now I know. Thank you, Eddie. Appreciate You're welcome. <laughs> Learn something new. I'm every so day. bad with names. I'll mm. remember faces. Like if I see famous person, I'll be like, "Yo, you were in something else." 
and then I right? go yeah, look no. for it. I'm yep. like, yeah, you were totally yep. in this. I'm like, I'm terrible at actors' names, so it's really good that we got Eddie here to bring the party. Dead up. Ringers, that's what it's called. There yeah. we go. Thank you. Sweet. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of... I, I like going back through old like actors' like filmographies after seeing them like in a recent film. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever gone back through like Robert Downey Jr.'s movies? Dude, like watching um, he has some weird roles. Yeah. Like a like a scanner darkly. Yeah, that's, fuck, I love that movie. That's great. It's great. It's just so he's so strange in it though. Like, yeah, it's the strangest. Like I'm just like, well, wow. that movie was so strange in Dick itself. Based mm-hmm. book as well. Yes, it is. The the style of it too, the animation that they used for that. The that rotoscoping. Was, was yeah, it? that's it. Yeah, they also did like, what was it like an insurance company that was using that similar animation at the same time oh, when that movie came out? Um. I do not remember exactly which one, but you're right. There was like a whole controversy over it. Really? Yeah, because they were like, fuck you guys. We were, we're doing this first. And then someone else was like, that's a really cool idea. Be a shame if someone did it better. <laughs> and then took the idea and tried to make something better, but it wasn't as good as the scanner darkly. But the rotoscoping was really cool to watch because not a lot of people use that as much anymore. Uh, it was more of a thing for like that they used in early film because uh, they had limited technology available to them. Like so Max Fleischer did that stuff? Yeah. Like Betty Boop and uh, yep, Superman? Exactly. And so that was like a really common thing for them to do. And then now it's more of like a stylistic choice. It's like releasing a movie in black and white. It's all it's about pretty the cool. aesthetic. A standard becomes a style. Right. <laughs> and it becomes like a flavor. Like, oh, yes, it, once this was our standard. And now it's like, oh, it's an option. You can like people can still make silent film. I'd like to say that you know you can yes. still go and do that if you wanted to. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. This is some like modern day yeah. silent film. I'd like to see some people do that with like. I th- feel like we might actually see a revival in like indie films doing stuff like that yes, at some point. Definitely. Because, I mean, if you're, especially if you're trying to make like cheaper movies too, you know, oh, cut yeah. out sound and all you've got to do is do video really well, and then watch it that way and see. Probably a limited or uh, limited niche group though that will like niche. that. Niche. How do you niche. pronounce it? Niche. Is it is it niche? Niche? Caramel caramel, bro. Tomato tomato, potato potato. Hmm. I don't believe you. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> this is like remember when we fact checked something? It was oh the the length of a feature length movie. We like fact checked it like on like oh, live yeah. on the podcast, <laughs> but like we didn't even really find a definitive answer. You just like you need at least forty minutes to win an award is what we found. Yeah, exactly. And that was really it. <laughs> Uh, but that style reminds me of like how Disney came up with the idea of having like the multiple panels. So like when you were looking down through these panels, you would have like the forefront of the forest. And then as you went down, it was different layers of that forest. And that's how they created depth in their animation. Yeah. And they would start shooting film like that. So like they were just doing unique things like that. <laughs> and so I was like, it's interesting to see it, like you said, turn into like a stylistic choice. Uh, as far as like, what Tales of the Crypt was trying to do. They were definitely heavy on the comedy, but mm-hmm. I think they were really appealing to people who just wanted to watch something that was crude and they liked the violence, they liked the gore. Basically what the premium channels were made for. <laughs> they like used that formula and were like, okay, we need something different. Mm-hmm. And they created this anthology series. I, I feel like I feel like we've we've seen a lot of intersection between horror and comedy. Yeah. Especially lately. And even in our some of our past episodes, I would say that like if we go back to our manga episode where we yeah. talk about Hideshi Hino, there's a lot of comedy in like the manga that he does, and a lot of it resolves around his family, and that's what makes it funny. Right. Because why would you like do that 
And, like, why would you murder your whole family in your own comic? Which is kind of funny. Like, it's kind of silly. You know? It's getting, like, in a way. And I feel like it's intentionally that way. And, the crypt, and like, you know, Tales from the Crypt also is playing with this, like, horror genre flirting with each other sort of thing. Uh, and, and they did I, it really well, too. Mm-hmm, like, it's did. kind of hard to watch. Or it's hard to make a film where they combine horror and comedy that well. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you get a really funny intro from him. Um, and then you get into, like, some serious story about... Um, like the one I watched where the guy who thinks he's basically like executioner for whoever he wants to. It, it reminds me a little bit of like a, what, how, what would you call it? Um, Twilight Zone. Where yeah, it's like Sterling. episodic. Yeah. Where you've got your host. <laughs> you got your host. Yeah. You know, Mike Sterling, except it's. But he was super serious. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a Imagine goofy Twilight know. Zone almost. Well, the Twilight Zone was interesting because. Uh, it was designed to make social commentary for the yeah. time. The uh, Tales from or EC Comics did that as well. Yeah. So yeah. like they the when HBO got their hands on it, they were they that wasn't really like their intention with it. They were wanting to like just appeal to like a certain audience and like kind of create that entertainment. But with the Twilight Zone, they were for sure making commentary about the time period. And like Ron Serling even mentioned in multiple interviews, like what was his purpose with it. And he went into detail about how he would get the writers and tell them that, like, he wanted to be relevant, but in a situation that seems unbelievable. Did you listen to that podcast, that Imaginary Worlds podcast on Rod Serling? No. It's really good. That sounds super interesting. I watched a lot of his interviews on, like, YouTube. Yeah. Because he he used to take them all the time. Like, he loved being in interviews because he wanted to explain certain episodes. Because people were like, what the fuck is this? Uh, like people were really confused about, for some reason they were really confused about the pig episode where like everyone's faces are pigs and like, Oh yeah. The eye of the beholder, right? Yeah. The doctor yep. episode where the doctor's office where everyone's yeah. like ugly, but they're not truly ugly except yes. for their patient who is, uh, yeah, they were, they were, they were confused about that one as well as the one where a murder happens in a neighborhood and then everyone becomes suspicious of each other and they start like they like accuse each other of doing stuff like that and the, no they like, were having paranoia. blackouts i think um like, part of it was the blackout yeah and they were like it was like paranoia was spreading through their neighborhood and, and aliens they, just dicking around with them just yeah to, yeah exactly they were just fucking with their lights it wasn't even anything like serious <laughs> but it was like showing the panic of the people showing like, that how something really small can make it was like let's do this to other towns guys this definitely. is really fun yeah definitely. just like see themselves tear apart wasn't it aliens that were fucking with them yeah it was aliens yeah they just came down to fuck with humans lights and we're watching from on top of a hill fucking aliens <laughs> i remember that was, was something we read and watched in my uh seventh grade junior high class for english i was like oh this is really cool that's what got me hooked into the twilight zone it's so good like uh i studied it in one of my classes for like the history of television and of course twilight zone got mentioned on there because of how successful it was and then uh when they so like when they were running it through again like when it went into syndication and like there was multiple channels showing it uh for some reason it was getting restricted on other channels where like people didn't want to show the story anymore and then like for a couple of years kind of got suppressed until like experienced a revival because somebody was like wait do you guys remember like the twilight zone and then it came back on syndication for the for the um the company that originally made it i don't remember which cbs I think it was CBS, yeah. And they brought it back, and then um, they were trying to do a reboot for a long time, 
It's like production hell. They won in the eighties, I think. Mm-hmm. Then they did like an anthology movie. Yeah, and they weren't nearly as successful. And the, it, what was cool about the Twilight Zone was it went from black and white to full color. Oh yes, yeah. yeah you yeah, got yes, to witness yes. that transition for the show, and then it was just it was completely different. So you now had like two eras of what the Twilight Zone was, and it's cool to watch it all the way through. There's so many episodes. So much yeah. Twilight Zone. I wish I actually watched Hills from the Crypt when I was younger because I was never allowed to watch it. Uh, my parents are really bad about like restricting what I should watch. Well, I think your parents raised you right. <laughs> I turned out all right, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but I I felt like if Tales from the Crypt is more like the adult version to like Goosebumps, which yes. was an anthology show, and there's not really a host character unless Arl Stein was like one where he would show up to introduce like the double feature show. I can't for the life of me, I can't remember what he looks like. Um, is he a weird looking dude? Think like Rick Moranis with a big ass mole on his face and bald. <laughs> Didn't they release a movie where like Jack Black plays him? Yeah, two movies. And the first movie is pretty good and the second movie's okay, but I I'm not really big into Goosebumps as I was growing up cuz it's just a different flavor. Yeah. Still, it's it's more of like it's Twilight Zone in a way, and it's like Tales from the Crypt, but very light. Yeah, because it was like straight for children. Yeah, no one can really die. Yeah, or... although like freaking scary stories to tell in the dark was for children, and that, that was very dark. <laughs> so like it could have just been one of those that were there like very intentional. I, I don't even want to give that one a total like feeling yet because I haven't seen it in so long. So I'd like to go back and rewatch it. Yeah, and then I'll come back and I'll tell you all what I feel about that show. <laughs> about Goosebumps? Well, Goosebumps is well. Goosebumps is also, I think, like Eddie said, like I just don't get captured by Goosebumps as much anymore. Oh, gotcha. Because it's sort of, it's kind of like the same thing. But I am definitely down to revisit it though, and then see how it is. But it's been a long time. A it's a pretty goofy series, and yeah. it's just like I wonder how this writer came up with these kids' names because no kid has names like this in real life. What were the names again? Like there was Carly Beth from the Haunted Mask. That's right. Skipper from. Uh, Skipper. Like. Who the fuck calls it? Is this kid? like an Archie comic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an Archie yeah, it sounds like an Archie comic. <laughs> Speaking of Archie comics, I really like the uh, Archie horror. There's yeah. an Archie horror comic, apparently. Yeah, well, there's Afterlife with Archie, yep. where Jughead's dog gets run over and he brings his dead dog to Sabrina the Teenage Witch yep. to bring him back to life with the Necronomicon. And when what? She... Yeah, it's legit. An episode. Yeah, we should do an episode on Episode honestly. on that. Yeah, and then so, there's like Jughead the Hunger, where he becomes a werewolf. Well, there it's like oh separate stories. Oh like Jughead becomes a zombie in the afterlife with Archie. Okay. And there's like one with Sabrina the Change Witch. There's Vampironica, okay. which is Veronica is like Vampirella pretty much. <laughs> so and they also like face uh, the Predator. <laughs> what? The fuck? Yeah, they crossed yeah. over so much stuff for it. All right, next episode, let's rock. That is <laughs> the very next episode, but eventually it'll come up. Rock, yeah, we'll go we'll through the up. Archie horror special. Definitely, there's so much Archie comics that it's just like crazy impossible to try to. I never really got into Archie until I read those. We comics. We should introduce. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. It's all good, my man. We should definitely introduce whatever our next week's episode is going to be at the end of this episode. Yes, we've uh, we're we're getting strict about setting our episodes so that we're not we, like, hey, we might do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sort of. We're we're doing that thing where you get organized, right? There you go. And we're gonna 
the content's going to be I more mean, organized. We're only thirteen episodes in. We're still we're still getting yeah. everything. Settled. We're we're a young podcast, <laughs> but we're a growing and strong podcast, and we're inspired. It's like it's already at like fifteen, sixteen hours of content. It's pretty amazing, but we can do more. Yeah, and we're gonna do more. <laughs> the the goosebumps and even the Archie comics reminds me a lot of like alternate versions of Scooby Doo. Just because of the way that most of them would play out. Same type um, of like morality and humor yeah, and stuff. They had that humor with it. And then um I did watch the new Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. Uh it's very campy and like kind of cringy. Campier than the nineties comedy movie? Or the nineties comedy sitcom. I I really liked the nineties sitcom for I that do show. remember it being a lot of fun to watch Sabrina Teenage Witch. Um, because like it was a day. totally different vibe than what you were watching for the one that got released on Netflix. Right. Uh, I fucking love Netflix. <laughs> fucking Netflix. So what they did with the new Sabrina is they try to get really close to the Archie comics. And so they like even the intro looks like an Archie comic. So oh. they were like they were trying to stick to that aesthetic. I think they were using the um the current comic, the Sabrina Teenage Witch art yes. from that comic. Yeah. Um but like Weird. The only reason I, I had a gripe with that show is because uh, they have them in sexual situations and they're all like high schoolers, so they're like underage. So I know, I know the actors and actresses are older and like in their twenties and shit. Mm-hmm. But like, you could have just made them college age and it wouldn't have been as weird. But yeah, like, it'll be Sabrina the Teenage Witch then. But like high schoolers, yeah, you're right. That's yeah. a fair point. Well, fuck my whole my whole <laughs> argument just got exploded. <laughs> <laughs> The it's whole point is teenagers, and you're like, but why couldn't they just be older? It's about a witch, like, going through high school. Yeah. Just... yeah. I just don't know why they made teenagers into, like, an orgy is really the only awkward part oh, okay. of watching well, that show. Why is Stephen King, orgy? like, put his... Well, I mean, like, it's not, like, explicit. Oh, like, you don't see, like, penis and vagina. <laughs> it's just, like, oh, they're all, like, piling on each other, like, in, in their underwear. And I was like, uh, you're, like, 16. This is super awkward. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was like a fast time in Ridgemont High moment where the girl loses her virginity in the baseball bleachers. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) But yes. I rewatched that movie like a few months ago. What a romantic way to lose your virginity. I definitely know. With like a swastika on top of the bleachers or something. Oh, no. Or surf Nazis or something. I forget what was what surf what what was it the swastika on the bleachers what i might have been surf nazis must have died maybe that had that i don't know no 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 it's in fast times at ridgemont high she's like reading the stuff on top while the guy is like penetrating her oh okay gotcha understood (laughs) she's obviously not enjoying the moment (laughs) no if you've seen that movie oh man i forgot where i where i came from for that point serena the teenage witch oh that's right having sex well, so, so, so it is, I liked the first season is, it, it was like, it's good to watch. And then the second season got really like cringy with, uh, the main headmaster of the school that they go to. He's like, uh, he's like a terrible version of Dumbledore. He just like <laughs> loves doing evil Well, Dumbledore shit. turned out to be terrible in the end too. Hmm. Are we... Like he was a dick I feel like that's going to go into such a strong Harry Potter debate. Wait, so what? I need to ask you, why do you, why, why, <laughs> why, what, why is he evil or not? I'm so not good? I think he's more just a dick. Really? Yeah. Well, he did kind of put Harry through a lot of shit. <laughs> like who puts a minor through this kind of shit to begin with? Like he faces a dark Lord in his first year. He faces a giant snake in the second year. <laughs> he, well, he gets like a wiggly wobbly arm because a boneless arm. 
just what happens. Yeah. And this school is supposed to teach them about witchcraft and wizardry, and they don't prepare them for the real world stuff. That place seemed like the most dangerous place you could be if you were into, like, the world of wizardry. Like, the only other one I could think that was as dangerous was the school where all those Russian kids are at. (laughs) (laughs) You can find, like, sea boat. Right. So, like, them... Uh, yeah, I would say that's probably the other dangerous place because the, the all girls school is probably like really nice. Bo Batons. Yeah. Um. Uh. The, I mean, he also you know makes Harry blamed for his friend's death, makes him being accused of murder basically, and like working with him. That's true. He like he basically gets the public against him too at one point. In the that's another that's like it's like a political move, Damn. but yeah, definitely. Uh, the pol- like, you know, and even then, like, you know, there's other things that work against him. But are we gonna have to yeah. do an episode on Harry Potter? I don't really want to. <laughs> I really don't want to. <laughs> like, it's not really horror. It's kind of like it's old news to me. I've I read all the books, and I kind of just don't. I don't give a shit anymore. Too many I... people like define their personalities by that fucking series. That is kind of weird. Yeah. And I like it a lot. Like, I think it, I respect them. Like, that got me into reading. That made me appreciate storytelling and stuff. But it's not like the most amazing book series that's out there. You're not. You're, are you missing something by not reading it? Eh, maybe. Not really. No, not really. I mean, the movies are kind of fun. The mo- cool. well, the, I think the reason why people connect it so well with the movies is because they were being released while we were growing up. Yep. So it's like you got connected as the books were still being published while the books were still being published while she she was involved with all uh, of it. Also, uh, they were they were made for they like matched up with a specific generation of people. I'm yes. one of them, so we basically read those books and we were the same age as the characters. Yes, a lot of the we time we grew up with these people really close. So it's like you almost grew up with the characters because every book they were a year older. Yeah, every year there's a fun one has a fucking birthday. You know, <laughs> in that book and you're like, oh, it's this guy's birthday. He's my age now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could be doing magics. Harry Potter's like almost hitting his forties. Yeah, and next year. Oh, that's weird. And, well, in the books, it's like ten years. Oh, pro- right, because they go like to their children and stuff like that. Yep. Well, uh, it like Harry Potter's born in the eighties with Hermione and Ron. Oh, okay. And I don't know what the timeline is for the movies are exactly. Like if I think the movies current. are progressive, are are um, what's the word? Consecutive years, like yeah, no, they are they are consecutive yeah, years. They're like yeah, no. like nine, ten years of of like their lives. Yeah, I and mean, yeah. they they do hint at the fact that they get older and their children go to the same yeah. school. They always I, have birthdays. Well, always I, a birthday. I meant like, was it the movies taking place as they were being released, like? Was it in like two thousands or was it like going back? Oh, uh, That's I don't I know. I never bothered to look up whether or not it was what? set in modern day or if it was like a couple years back. Oh, the books. Uh, you know what? Uh, I don't. The books are definitely not set in modern day because they're not. There's no computers. Ooh. Oh no, no, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. They have like they have like they have like a. I want to say the equivalent of, like an Atari. They got like that. That's kind of the technology Holy level. Shit. I want to say. I never even realized. No, because I just remember because Dudley gets one. No, that's he talks about a PlayStation. Like I'm thinking in one of the f- books. Yeah, like oh, okay, the, the second or third book. All right, so it's pretty modern then. Okay. I, I so don't know what I'm talking I'm about. I'm thinking it's also like the first generation of PlayStation, which was early '90s. So yeah, so it takes place in a very modern time setting. Man, I didn't know that. Well, actually, I just I distinctly remember. So going back to Sabrina the Teenage Witch, I like the '90s show because of the sassy cat. 
Yes. Salem. Who Salem is, is very the shit. sarcastic and like was constantly just like berating Serena. <laughs> like yep. Sabrina, like all the way through the show, like always wanted to get his own you way. Know, you know what I always wondered? I always wondered if uh, Sailor Moon and Sabrina the Teenage Wish were connected somehow just because there's like a black cat. Oh, because of there's just cats. a black cat in fucking in fucking. That's all. That's all. all. I always cats. when I was younger, that's what I would wonder. Uh, <laughs> I always wondered if Sabrina and Buffy the Vampire Slayer were like in the same realm. Oh damn, that'd be a cool. Just combo, because actually. like just because they were around the same time, and then like ironically, Buffy the Vampire Slayer like set the precedent for a lot of shows that were to come after it. Like it was so successful when it came out, and people watch it now and they're like, "What is this? So cheesy." But like mm-hmm. it was, it was exactly what people wanted. When Buffy's, that show came Buffy's out. not bad. Buffy's actually pretty good. It's a, really it's a good pretty show. good show. Yeah. You guys uh, seen the movie? Yeah. No, I have not. I love that Pee Wee Herman takes a long time to die from getting <laughs> staked. <laughs> He's like, ah, 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 yeah. Ah, ah. <laughs> that reminds me of is it Zombieland? Where? Oh man, who is it? Bill Murray. Bill Murray takes forever to die and then like fake dies and then he doesn't actually die but then they accidentally kill him uh, because he scares them because dumbass jesse eisenberg has an itchy trigger finger against zombies that shit is hilarious at least he regretted doing garfield oh fuck i forgot about the garfield movie he's also don't remind me bill murray's coming out with another zombie movie um the dead don't die directed by um jim jarmusch shit all right, Eddie over here. I know. He knows all the names. <laughs> he knows all the names. All the names. Encyclopedic I knowledge. I love how Adam Driver says ghouls. <laughs> you know, Adam ghouls. Driver. Ghouls. <laughs> um, dead. What were ghouls. What did you guys? So overall, what did you guys think about each of the things that you watched? Well, I didn't watch. I mean, read, viewed, viewed. What did I, you think about the things you? Viewed? I just read pretty much the history of EC and Tales from the Crypt publication pretty much i i actually was lucky enough to find ash cans on the day of we're doing this podcast so i can probably read later for another episode and then i wouldn't recommend maybe the hardcovers because i don't like how they printed the artwork in them because it always seems polished to me because i always still like the old like newspaper oh okay art and stuff oh so they printed it like glossy paper no, no, it's more of like they recolor it. Oh shit! Or they enhance the color. Gotcha. Oh, gotcha. So you want like the old school, the old school look and everything, how it was originally done. Yeah, the aesthetic, pretty much. Yeah, definitely. Those comics would be cool to have if you like found them. Mm-hmm. Like the really old, the first yeah, print like ones. Yeah, if you could find some first editions of those. Yeah, the ones that weren't burnt. Yeah, for real. <laughs> in a pile. I gotta say that I wasn't a, a giant fan of the of the of the Tales of Crypt movies. Demon Knight is probably the most worthy thing to actually watch. You should. Wa- it's fun to watch, but I think I have to go see Bordello of Blood first. But my first final opinion is go stick with the series, stick with the comics. Mm-hmm. You'll have more fun that way, and you'll you'll get. I think you'll get the true like like Tales of the Crypt experience more so than you will with the movies. Yeah, I, or watch I, Creepshow. I, yeah. I watch Creepshow or Creepshow. Yes. Which was a love letter to Tales from the Crypt, totally. directed by George Romero and written by Stephen King. Where was it? Where was it? Uh, what did it air on? Creep show. It was a movie. It was a movie. Oh, okay. There, there. Shutter is releasing a show, Creep Show show, 
uh, and Greg Nicotero is doing the special effects for that. Super rad. Yeah. And Tom Zavini did the special effects for the original Creepshow movie. Random question, is Romero still alive? He passed away last year. It was last year, oh, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Awesome. I was like, I'm pretty sure he like just passed. Yeah. Which is nuts yep. because he had so much influence, like all across, like straight across the horror genre to be like, oh, she, like he was one of the, like the main people. I was just thinking about it. I was like, shit, is he? Because I like, I look at people sometimes. And I'm like, shit, this person died like four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, like Christopher Lee died really recently. Yep. No, he died like last year or so. Why is people like posting like obituaries that happened like, <laughs> that shit's a you know, year or two ago? Tim Curry was in Ritual. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, He what? was in Ritual. Yes, he was. He did make an appearance. He was a doctor. He plays a doctor. I'm feeling he tries so to help sad people. for him because he's like in a yeah, chair. Yeah, he's paralyzed now. He, not many people know about that. Yeah. He had it's a really stroke. Quiet. Yeah, he had a stroke and it's really, it's kind of quiet and everyone's quiet about him now. No one really talks about Tim Curry yeah. that much. At least he, he's doing the documentary on the making of the It movie. Oh, that he oh is he? Oh, he's actually going to be doing part of that? Yeah, it's probably like interview style. Yeah, that's good though. That's that's yeah. good. He needs to. I I don't know. I feel I feel sorry for him. He's a good right. I I feel like he was just a genuine like swell person for the most part. He, he doesn't have the same energy so and stuff as stuff. he does. Yeah, I mean a stroke will probably Fuck. kill most people. Yeah, you're kind of done after that. He's not fucking uh, Trebek, who's yeah. just powering through fucking cancer. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> he's like not getting like slowed down at all. He's still doing Colon like cancer showings. or something. Yep. Yeah, he got he had like fucking stage four cancer, and now he's like really close to remission. Yep, and is like still going to get treated while also hosting. Because like, he's still contractually obligated to do a season's worth of Jeopardy, so he's just like fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah I couldn't. I honestly this. couldn't tell if it was that if like he's under strict contract or if he was like he really really he wants just to really be wants to be on Jeopardy. Yeah. I couldn't tell because so like, Jeopardy people been are career. motivated by their dreams, Eddie, <laughs> not by money. <laughs> <laughs> For over like a thirty-year show that he did, a game show, maybe? dude, yeah, dude that's, that's his, been his life. Career. Yeah, he. Loves You're asking shit. him to give up his life. I mean, he loves being the. Host. <laughs> I'm not saying he, Alex Trebek should give up like his job and his career because he has cancer. <laughs> that sounds like a really good reason to give up, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> Almost. Here's to hoping he survives. And I do too. Hosting. I do hope. Keep going. Right. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> if you love it, baby, do it. Well, he's one of those people that everybody loves. Like he, people will meet him and be like, he's a cool, he's a cool dude. It's like how people have had like a newfound love for Keanu Reeves. And it's just that like, love's always been there. Just like, but now it's like there's oh. more people. Like there's always been like a small group of people who are like Dude, he's the best. If you think that John Wick brought him into the forefront, wait till fucking Bill and Ted, the new one, yeah. fucking drops. Hell yeah, I'm going Turn to that shit. I don't well, care. Well, like it's crazy. He he had the so he had the Bill and Ted. He had the John Wick movies. He's gonna be in that game the cyberpunk. What is it? Cyberpunk 2077. 2077. Which I've been waiting since 2013 when it was first announced. Damn, they announced it that long ago? Yeah. I didn't know that they announced it that long ago. Uh, uh, the new games that are coming out is insane. Yeah. It's it's like my wallet's already pre-empty. <laughs> <laughs> well, they mentioned, I saw an article the other day about that game where apparently you can get through the whole thing without killing anyone. They have like cool. They have like a pacifist route. That's pretty cool. It's probably going to be really difficult. I, I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like this is going to be like a very true RPG experience yeah. like we haven't seen in a while. I think you can do that in some other games like Deus Ex or something. Yes. yes. You can go through that without killing anybody. 
um fuck there was one other one i can't remember it right now but but i mean like i mean those, those are like but deus ex is like it's like fairly old isn't it like yeah game? it's an older game but there's also the current games too like mankind divided and are they are they any different though from the past like, yeah mm-hmm. i couldn't tell you because i haven't really played haven't the original played oh okay gotcha yeah yeah understood i don't know because sometimes sometimes like like the fallout games are like that your choices start to diminish low like more I and got, more and more over i the got so disenchanted with fallout after yeah. the fourth game yeah exactly i just didn't care anymore i mean i i liked i liked number two i liked number three i did not actually play new vegas because i'm a loser but also i'm just kind of like i think i'm just like a like a purist i want my rpgs to be sword and sorcery yeah always honestly. i always want them to be like yeah. that i always want them because guns are just guns and the guns aren't fun to me as much right as... well i mean you get a more dynamic story if you have a sword fight yeah 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 the only con- like was, yeah. successful mix i ever saw was like afro samurai where he yeah. fights the dude with the guns that was awesome and like is all up and close while trying to avoid getting shot yep <laughs> that's like the only one i could think of but it like is so cool though yeah there's there's stuff like that i just i wish it was kind of like so even though no man's sky was kind of like a failure and they Mm -hmm. like fixed it afterwards like the first two to three hours of playing no man's sky was amazing because i'm just trying to build everything like well you get you have to like your crash land it you have to find the pieces for your ship and then you get you go off planet then you realize that the universe is huge and you finally make like a first jump into another universe Mm -hmm. drop down on another planet and it's completely different and then that's when you start realizing you can like start looking for resources. You know, you know a game I played that wasn't like so No Man's Sky is cool, you know, but it never like gripped me with fear all the time and some like no. I wasn't ever afraid really. Right. What did scare the shit out of me is Subnautica. Have you played that game? I don't think so. It's where you land it's basically like you land on an aquatic planet. Yeah. And then you have to survive. It's kinda like No Man's Sky and like build a base there and like survive and whatnot. And but it's you're underwater. And you have to go deeper and deeper and deeper underwater. Oh, and shit. then there's like, it gets dark. And then you're like underwater and there's a huge thing that you cannot see. Oh. Like, yeah. So it's, it's really like that game scared the shit out of Brings me. Like to really, life really, really scary. The real fear of the ocean. Yeah. What is that phobia? Uh, Thassalophobia, I think it is. Thassalophobia? It's basically like fear of like the deep ocean because of yeah. like the, the, the darkness, the creatures yeah. that are probably and, there. Because at first that game's all sunshiny and funny. Right. Like, I'm going to get a lungfish so I can breathe. I'm going to get this other fish so I can <laughs> do this. Yay. And then it's like, go deeper. <laughs> 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 and then it's like, darkness and hatred lurk here. Oh, my Angry God. Everything circle the seaweed forests. <laughs> and you just, it, it's awful. It's I ter- it's distinctly good, remember terrible. playing a game. I think it was on the PlayStation where you had like submarine battles. Oh, that's cool. And uh, but like it was, it was a certain aesthetic, and it freaked me and my cousin the fuck out. This is when we would like run to Blockbuster and mm. go and rent shit. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't mentioned Blockbuster in a while, so I had to bring it back again. Yep. <laughs> For those that don't know, it was a place you you rent videos at. Right. Would we really have people who don't know what Blockbuster is? Dude, yeah, there are people that, that could be listening to our podcast that don't know. <sighs> or Hollywood Video. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> fucking fucking uh, Direct or Dish Network, whatever the fuck that company is, they bought Blockbuster and then liquidated it. And now they just, they're just they just hanging on to the name. Funny. Like, if I get really rich, I'm buying Dish Network, liquidating them, and then reviving Blockbuster. And just never release Dish Network. You can't have it. Yeah. No, Dish Network <laughs> is done. It's dead. Then you're just like them, John. You're just like them. 
That's not okay. Late stage That's a bad thing. You're not supposed to be okay with that. <laughs> you're, you're like, I thought that would have a different effect. Yeah, a very different <laughs> effect. Oh, my God. Well, you know. Can't make an honest capitalist. What's that? Can't make an honest capitalist. No. No. <laughs> Gotta be a wolf of Wall Street, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. What, can you even be an honest capitalist? Yes. You just get lucky. How so? Get lucky. Who's an honest capitalist? The guy that did the pet rock. Fuck. God That's an it. honest capitalist. That is capitalist. a good answer. He that is showed a good up. Answer. He fucking gave the people what they wanted for a short amount of time, made fuck ton of money doing it, and then dipped. Yep. There he you go. That is the, that is what every capitalist should be. Unfortunately, we have dragons that like to hoard things. Yeah. Now, that's my political commentary for the day. Fuck. That was a, that was a really good answer. Like, <laughs> yeah, the dude who made the pet rock. It's like the dude who made, uh, what are those? The you, che- you knew what you were getting with the pet rock. Right. I, insurance is bullshit and a fr- scam. I don't know what I'm actually getting. This dude with the pet rock, I'm getting a rock. You know what that reminds me of? balls on it. The person who made the Chia Pet. Fuck yeah. The Chia Pet's really cool. That taught me horticulture and yeah. like, you know, taking yeah. care of plants. That's a, that's a good skill to learn. That's, that's a good, good. It's like a starter base for someone. Like you get your kid into wanting to grow plants with the Chia Pet. Yep. You know, you're like, all right, if you want it to look like a crazy, if you want to give the dog a mohawk, you got to place the It was like Bob correctly. Ross and like an Afro. Yeah. That was like the most famous but you could, But you could style it. You yes. could style them if you wanted to. <laughs> and I love that aspect of it. You could like style the Chia Pet and dig it. Dang. Yeah. You're, you're totally you right. You can you yeah. can be like super positive capitalist. Yeah. And you then, totally can yeah. if you give people exactly what they want. Like the idea the idea behind capitalism is to make money and then eventually you stop earning capital, not continue to like earn yeah. as much as possible forever. You're supposed to eventually like die. <laughs> Otherwise, you, the system cannot function and continue. Do you guys think <laughs> HBO made a lot of money off of Tales from the Crypt? Uh, made, probably at the time, definitely. They so made seven seasons of the show. They made how many movies? Four. Two. I thought it was three movies. Three movies. Sorry. Or, well, or, or that, HBO movies. Demon Knight and Bordello Blood are theatrical release movies. Oh shit! Okay. Yep. And Ritual is a directed video movie. Ah. So, so they tried out different like venues of what they were gonna yes. release on, and then and then they had their source material, but that was a little different. HBO wasn't like Money in the '90s is different yeah. then as it is now. Also yep. true. They uh, there wasn't really like streaming services. They no. just kind of had like you had to pre- watch it the night of. Yeah, the, yeah, you had the premium TV channels. That but you the network was into. HBO. Yes, or yeah, they like, became like. But I think it was probably before they became exclusive. Right? Yes, they so were, there was like the HBO channel. They were free <laughs> at one point, weren't they? Uh, well, they were H- part of your yeah. cable package, I right. would imagine, is what it was. And then they started charging a premium. Yeah, when yeah. they started, when they got exclusive. Well, they they were basically like, we're not going to follow these movie restrict or these uh, television rules, so we're going to go into the premium side and start doing whatever the fuck we want. Yep. Which is why Tales of the Crypt was able to do what it did with all of the uh, <laughs> obscene content. <laughs> obscene content. <yes. laughs> So, yeah, I would imagine they made a good amount of money. And then um, I should have looked up what they did after Tales from the Crypt just to see, like, what was what next project they kind of rolled into. Uh, but I'm sure they did a lot. And I think with Tales of the Crypt, I honestly think that they decided to just end it. Because, like, like you said, they had made a good amount of money off of it. And then they wanted to make sure that the series was, like, condensed into whatever seasons. And then they didn't, like, dry it out and, like, keep 
running on and on yep. and like doing yep. trying to get as much was, money out of it when the studio was done the studio was done yeah they were done with it and then they moved on to something else so i think it was a good way to handle that series but it was cool that they pulled from such like it was pretty rich source material what they were doing that but even the writers mentioned that they were using a lot of like other stories as like springboards to go into like a shorter story of it or like how that sort of came about mm-hmm. and that's like that's how they ended up doing like their writing room so they were they were getting like one general idea and then they built off of that and kept going <laughs> and made like 30 minute episodes for each one. Oh man there's 93 episodes for for all of the tv series and then they had that one that was focused towards kids the animated show on abc yeah which was like a super watered down version <laughs> Of what they originally made because they were trying to. Did appeal you watch to kids. any of it or no? I did not know. I just read a lot. That about was my it. only exposure when of uh, Tales from the Crypts when that was a hot show, pretty much the anime show on ABC. So I was just like, okay, this is acceptable. This is substantial. It was not successful. <laughs> no, to I say. imagine. It wasn't. The <laughs> but the same vo- voice it, actor it was... who did the Crypt Keeper did that the uh, Crypt Keeper and the anime show as well yep he was continuous with doing that <laughs> um mitch you should also we should uh, also watch like the original early 70s tales from the crypt and vault of horror as yes. well for just like a future i think we should i think we should i think we are <clears throat> next time we'll revisit tales from the crypt for sure and then revisit some of the other yeah content i would it. really like to talk about like specific episodes like yeah go and and go and watch them um the two i got I some comics to read now so i can just right like... so we'll we'll come back we will consider it part two and then if we still need more room we'll go to like part three and kind of break it up like that because it is a lot of content but i highly recommend going to watch the television show because it's enjoyable so before Crickets. we wrap things up i did have a few final questions if we can get through all absolutely of them. we can so the twilight zone was talking about how, or at least when I was researching it, it was usually trying to make some sort of social commentary. Why do you think they avoided that with Tales of the Crypt and instead focused on like the premium content of like basically giving the middle finger to all the rules and regulations of TV? Um, it was edgy. It was edgy. People like things that are different and edgy. People had their... their twi- I mean, how long did um, Twilight Zone go on for? A long time. Very long time. Imagine you're just being stuck with the same type of TV all the time, and then all of a sudden, here comes this laughing, cackling skeleton, and then a bunch of people getting chainsawed to death on screen in front of you. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, you're like, whoa. Whoa, this is different. And then it's going to... It's going to divide an entire fan base as well it's going to divide people entirely but you know because you're already going to have that reaction it already had that reaction in the past they knew it was going to do that probably so because of that division you're going to get a renewed fan base though so you're looking for longevity with something like that you're looking to like build something i have something uh tales from the grip is just straight up horror thrillers and suspense twilight zone is more like science fiction and social commentary and suspense and thriller it's different flavors of yeah. television completely now the, they do twilight zone has dabbled with a bit of horror but not as much as what tales from the crypt yeah does, totally it kind of explains itself in its own title pretty much yeah that and so it's i'm not saying that they're like the same show that they're in the same genre not at all what i am saying they do the same thing though they have your host and they have an episodic thing where none like, of it's really yeah, related. Similar the formula. only thing that ties them together is the host 
so four tales of the crypt what ties them together is the, the crypt, crypt keeper, keeper yeah every single time he always ties that show in and you always know that it's time for this just like when rod serling walks on you know this is twilight zone well now it's um i forget why don't i forget his name fucking peel jordan peel jordan peel there you go he's the new host yes of the jordan twilight peel zone. there you go i had to think key and peel key and peel, key and peel. <laughs> all right peel that's is it right was i right yes. i have 50 chance here that i'm correct <laughs> <laughs> fucking stupid anyway um but yeah no i but i i see what you're saying eddie but I just I'm the only reason why we're comparing them is I think because they just have like the host and then they have the content and they do it the same way. They present the content the same way. What they're exploring is different in each one though, for sure. Absolutely. So but I feel like I feel like what I said before is that they went with something that's familiar. Here's your host, here's your episodes. Right? Yeah. Different, but they did the different things. So they went with something that's sort of familiar, and then they went with what is not. I would say something that's more similar to the Twilight Zone as far as making social commentary while still maintaining its presence in like the horror genre is mm-hmm. things like Black Mirror. Yeah. Outer it, Limits. And Outer Limits. Mm-hmm. Shit. That's another one. Yep. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That has a crazy episode about an android boy that murdered his own mom because she Fuck. wouldn't take him to the candy <laughs> store. Okay. Yep. Because it, I don't want to. Do I have to analyze this right now? I don't want to do that. No, no, that's not. That's not. I won't later. That's another thing. There's a really good movie apparently, which I need to go watch. Uh, about a uh, a little girl who gets raised by a robot, in oh. like a really sci-fi setting, like in a spaceship. That's <coughs> pretty cool. Actually. It like explores like what will happen to a human that's raised by <coughs> that's raised by a machine. Yeah, like what what would. What would the effects of being raised by like an emotionless machine do to a human person and like their brain? I am mother. That's the name of it. I, yeah, I think did I'm it, pretty sure that's come it. Out yet? Uh, yes. It's available it's on Netflix or what? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay, like, an, it's like it. an indie film. So into it. Yeah. Let's go. So that one was like, that's one of those interesting ones where I want to see something like that. But my other question, my other question was, uh, what is something that you guys want to see? in one of these horror anthology series, maybe like an idea or like a certain type of story that you haven't seen that you think maybe they could start exploring. I would like to see a story involving, involving illithids because they're just creepy and awesome. And I would love to see like an actual story with like squid people that like abduct okay. people's like suck people's brains out of their heads and stuff. I think that'd be pretty cool. <sighs> is this go. like like a new version of what is it Inva- be a new version of like a D monster invasion sort of, of the thing. body snatchers yeah sort of i guess i don't know anymore everything's already been fucking done john i can't think of any well yeah original. the best things are stolen yeah there you go so yes i just want because i have a D fixation and i want to see like like legit D stuff on screen and dnd has a lot of cool horror stuff to offer that i think would be yeah. really cool on screen i think an illithid like the illithids would be a really really interesting like like thing like a town that's being run by an illithid or something like that like where his all the people in there are just operating off of one person but they do their daily tasks and then there's even the elder brain that's associated with it so like the characters could delve under the town and then they find the elder brain under there like throbbing about and whatnot and they're just like these people are being controlled by one mind you know and then it's like that reminds me of that the literature that we read a study, exactly. A study in emerald. Yes, 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 yes. Just like that. Yeah. But I want that on a movie. With the old ones ruling over yep. all of the humans. But do it in like a small town or something like that to yeah. keep the story more condensed. But if you did like a whole world, that would be pretty cool. But what yeah. What you think, Eddie? A uh, very self-contained story pr- yeah. pretty much. It doesn't have to be like out in the open. Like 
um right now i'm going back to playing resident evil 7 again oh nice and it's about a husband who who go tries to find his wife who who is held captive by this family who are infected by this fungal from this little girl yeah which is response umbrella incorporation is responsible <laughs> but i would say just take out the corporation aspect of whatever horror they're doing and do something more with like fungal type horror okay like Very interesting. a biological yeah like kind of how that biological chemical can like change somebody into like some sort of or you just watch the crazies or the crazies was interesting i wasn't sure if like i liked it all that much but i liked the idea of like the government basically quarantine like the whole fucking state one of the ideas that sounds like eddie's fungal idea is last of us yeah the last of us is on the clickers and whatnot Shit. i think would be it would actually be a cool yeah. standalone film with just them mm-hmm. and whatnot without without like the whole last of us like gameplay just a cool film would be rad for that actually yeah i think they are doing that though is there a last of us movie coming out or some nonsense i don't know okay i don't know they might be doing they could something they, like that. they could, could make something because it's so heavy on the story that they like already have all of their content i'd love to see like some practical effects for the clickers and stuff for now It'd right be pretty amazing just trying to make clicking noises with my fingers. <laughs> Just do it right in front of the mic. <laughs> uh, and then the last, very last question I had for you guys is, have you discovered any new fears in your adulthood? Things you didn't know you were scared of when you were like a kid. I recently broke through uh, a fear of singing in front of crowds over this weekend. Okay. That was a big, a big fear of mine is singing in front of people or like just doing anything in front of a group of people. And so it was kind of, yeah, I broke one of those fears today. It's really, really simple, isn't it? It's isn't good. It? It's a good one though. Yeah, um, definitely. For some reason, I'm more able to do random things like that, like sing and do other things in front of strangers. But if somebody I know like really well is there, that's when I get nervous. Which is really weird. So, like, anytime I had to do, like, speeches and classes, like, the communications classes, totally fine. Because I didn't know anybody in there. I was like, I don't give a fuck about any of you. But if, like, my friend came in to sit in on the class, I'd be really nervous about it. I have no idea why. Because your friends know you. Yeah, I feel like I'd be like, I don't know. I, I think I'd And they're going to probably point something out yeah, to you afterwards. Yeah, that's fair. What about you, Eddie? Any new fears? Developing relationships. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't <laughs> laugh. Um, what, like, you mean just getting into a relationship? Yeah, like, um, future relationships of like, I've never really, I've usually been the dating kind of guy, I guess, and then I kind of you develop more into past the dating phase. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Hunting for something serious now, Eddie. You're looking for true, lasting love, not just. A night. <laughs> well, that's never really been like a pro. I, I was something I always wanted, but it's always <laughs> dating is hard. I don't do it anymore. Dating is also. A <laughs> I just stopped. I just stopped altogether. Dating is a nightmare too. Pretty uh, much. Yeah, it's become pretty uh, difficult. Just. Plus, it's always like you got to pretend to be. Well, I would hope you don't. I don't like, do that. No, at no, least no. that's what I do. I, I just I don't even I don't even bother trying to act like a different person. No, but I feel like people tend to like. But I, I agree with you. Yeah, they'll they'll give off a persona 
of who they want you have to, to be careful with part of yourself you show first <sighs> yeah you know make sure it's your hand not your penis <laughs> you know what i mean it's a metaphor a metaphor you just go, that's not a metaphor hand. people literally do that <laughs> go, here's my hand here is my dick no no you did it wrong you're supposed to go here's my face here's my hand i'm amazed at how many people messed up a chance of actually meeting somebody by like jumping the gun like that oh dude i i I fucked up with women who are out of my league by being a fucking idiot (laughs) and just like making them leave the table by being gross because i did something dumb on peer pressure from a group of morons i'm not talking about it though Oh, okay. So anyway, so I definitely like what I did is um, there was a concoction that had like water and hot sauce and like barbecue sauce and ketchup and stuff that they were all pouring in one glass. Okay. And then the joke was drink it. I drank it and was, and I thought I was being cool. Somehow I thought that was cool. When you're 18, you think really dumb shit is cool. She thought it was really gross and she left. It was a chance missed, but really, you know, it didn't matter. Peer pressure is never cool. Peer pressure is not cool, my friend. No. Stop it. Get help. <laughs> As Michael Jordan said. I was going to say, is that a Michael Jordan joke? Yes. Or meme joke? Meme, meme yes. joke. So, before we wrap up, I want to remind everybody that we're super easy to find. We're on all the streaming services. So, we're on iTunes, Spotify iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, uh, as well as SoundCloud. We are also on Facebook and Instagram, which we are going to try to update as much as possible. I'm still doing the film recommendation of the day, and then we are going to try to include more questions where you guys can interact with us. And then uh, we've actually planned out a few of our weeks so we know what we're going to be doing the next few weeks. So things to look forward to, um, I'll tell you the next two weeks, we're going to be doing the Descent and Dog Soldiers for the next week. And then the following week, we're going to do Get Out and Us. And so yeah. we will be doing uh, a little bit more in-depth film analysis for each one of these. So really talking about why they made these choices and why we kind of group them together. Why are they comboed like that for, say, like a double feature? Because really, that's what most of these are. We're kind of suggesting like a double feature. Like go and watch these together because they're in the same genre and things like that. And some of them will be triple features in the future. Yes. Yeah, we have like the Apocalypse Trilogy is on there somewhere. Yep. John Carpenter's Apocalypse Trilogy. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and that was pretty much it. I really appreciate both of you guys coming to Always. talk about Everything. Tales from the Crypt today. It was awesome. Can't, can't wait to do part two where I can actually talk about the comics. Yes. We will explore show. more of more of the comics, more of the TV show as we watch them. And we might even mention them in some of the episodes, like let you know about a certain episode that we watch. But I hope everyone has a good night. Thank you, guys. 